0: Hey everyone! Thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. Well, good morning again. Like Pastor Sean said, my name is Chris. I get to be the worship pastor here at Venture and if you've been here before, if this is not your first time, clearly you know worship is a passion of mine. I break a, a sweat every week in worship, but man, I love it. It's so fun, and this has nothing to do with my message. This is a peaceful protest that we need an IKEA here. Anybody else agree? <laughs> Let's go. Just kidding. We'll get to that in a minute. But like Sean said, as you all know, my wife had our baby boy Simon. He was born on Christmas Day. It was yeah, crazy. We're going to have to be super creative as as he gets older to, you know, separate the birthday and the Christmas, because that's just so unfair. But man, it was the coolest Christmas ever this year. Um, It was awesome, and we're loving it. But bear with me today. I do have a newborn, (laughs) and he liked to uh, stay awake last night. Last night was the night he chose, and that's okay. It's okay. He's good. And between him and a cat that is very jealous of all the attention that a newborn is getting... The cat likes to sing the song of his people at 3 a.m. <laughs> and try and break into our rooms. And this cat is smart, y'all. It's, he's like a dog and a human, not even a cat. He growls when someone bar- knocks at the door. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen a cat do. But he's doing this thing now where he comes up to our bedrooms because he ain't sleeping in our room because there's a kid in there that's no bueno, and he will literally put his paws, you can see his paws under, and take his claws, because apparently it's illegal to declaw in South Carolina, didn't know that till after we got him, Um, and pulls, and it's a great noise that I'm sure all of our neighbors can hear, and they love, um, at 3 a.m., so bear with me, words may not come super easy this morning, um, but man, it is such an honor, and like I said, I'm the worship pastor, and we have an incredible worship team here, give it up for them, even have to do anything. It's awesome. And let me tell you, those are some of the most talent pe- talented people on the face of this planet, and they are some of the most humble people on the face of this planet. They are worshipers by heart, and I love that. Um, but today we are continuing on in our Built to Last series, um, and I love this series, especially for a new year, because that's kind of the time that we all decide to do things, right? Those New Year's resolutions. I never do them just because I know, for me, it ain't gonna last. So why start it if it ain't going to last, right? That's just me personally. I cut out soda finally like a year ago, and that lasted. That was like the first thing in my life, and it wasn't around New Year's, so New Year's is not my time. Um, So if it's your time, that's awesome. Keep going to the gym. You got this. I believe in you. (laughs) That's not me. That's not me, y'all. But today I want to look at this a little bit differently. See, for things to be built to last in our life that God wants us to have built to last, some of the stuff that we have already built— needs to come down right and that's hard that's difficult and and I think of like the Titanic right this huge vessel that was amazing and yeah y'all just came back from a cruise and we don't want to think well I'm glad we're talking about this now and not before you went on the cruise Um, I think of the Titanic where it's this huge vessel and what do they say it's so powerful and big that not even God could sink it poor choice of words right we look back and we see history what happened it was built to last yet it didn't and y'all can judge me for this statement. I'm okay with it. I have never seen Star Wars until last year. Any of them, right? I know. Judge away. It's fine. It's fine. I like it. It's cool. You know, I love Disney. So it's at Disney now, which is cool. I get to experience it, you know. Uh, But I have Disney Plus. Thank you. Yes. Love me some Disney Plus. And for like three years, we're locked in, y'all. Like there was no turning back. Um, And so Simon being awake at 1 a.m. and me feeding him. Why not watch all the Star Wars? So like within the period of a week, I knocked almost all of them out. And it's awesome, right? And I think of the Death Star, right? And none of you can say spoiler alert because this movie is older than I am. All right? So calm yourself. Right? I think of the Death Star that was built to last. And there was this small little weakness in it. And it was destroyed. Right? Thank goodness. And I'm reminded of these things and and all of these great, amazing things that were built to last. And they had to come down. And we have some of those things in our lives that we have tried to build to last, yet they need to come down in order for God to build what he wants to build in our lives. That need to be last. And, and so I want to look at the story of Jericho today. And y'all, it's good to be the worship pastor. I get to pick the songs. Yeah, so that goes right along with me. I did that. It's like I did that on purpose or something. right? I love that song, Never Lost. And those words, breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho. I love that. Those words pierce me every time because I think of that. But I want to look at it a little bit differently today. The story of Jericho, we all know, you know, Joshua and the army, they go and surround the city, they walk because that's what God in- instructed them to do of how to bring the walls down. And it's this incredible story of victory. But I want to take a look at it a little bit differently and look inside the walls today. Imagine what it must have been like for those people. And I grew up in the good era of Veggie Tales. I say good because they remade them and they're creepy now, right? Thank you. Like they, they gave them like weird eyes and some of them have hands now or something, which is like, yeah, unacceptable, unacceptable, big idea. You've lost me. Um, I have all the old VeggieTales thanks to Angela. She gave them to me. So Simon will be raised with the good air of VeggieTales. No worries. Yes. But I think of VeggieTales and, and all the songs like, keep walking, but you won't knock down I will. Nobody else. Okay, cool. That's fine. Um, yeah, and I think of, like, the French peas on top of the wall, throwing down slushies at the Israelites, and I think that, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, dude, that looks awesome, like, I want to get hit with a slushie, that'd be super fun, and then as I got older, I was like, whoa, this is a story of, like, destruction, and, like, victory, and ugh, you know, it's so not me, I'm not a ugh, guy <laughs> at all, but it's cool, right, to, to think of this victory, and, and, but I can only imagine what it must have been like inside of the walls. So today we're going to take a look at a woman named Rahab, who is inside the walls of Jericho, and what it must have been like for her. And so we're going to read from Joshua chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And it says, then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there for the night. Let's pause there for one second. This is totally a side note, but I'm super thankful that when they got there, they didn't just see her sin and cast her out completely. Right? Right? They stayed there for the night. They knew who she was. They knew her reputation, and they stayed there for the night. And along that side note, this isn't even part of this message. Did you know that Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus? Wow. Wow. Can you imagine if they had showed up and saw her sin and cast her out and said, no, we ain't staying there, right? Jesus' lineage would be completely different. Never, never cast someone out because of their sin when you can't see the potential purpose in their life. That's good. That's totally a side note, totally a side note. Stayed there that night, but someone told the king of Jericho, people be talking, y'all. It happened back then. It still happens today. Some Israelites have come here tonight to spy the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, I love this. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax that she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road, leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. So there's so much in there to unpack, and we're going to take little bites of it. But she, being who she was and being where she was, she could have completely played this differently. Right? She could have said, no, you ain't staying here. Right? I know who you are. You're spies from that, that crazy Israel place. The Israelites, they're coming to take over. You can't stay here. This is my home. Right? But she had faith. She had faith to see what was to come. And I can only imagine with, with, with her and, and what it was like in that wall. See, because people talk. People talk now. People talked then. She had a reputation and I imagine Jericho as this huge city with these huge walls. And I picture these walls just going forever high where you can't even see over them. And for her, it must've felt like some sort of prison. That's what I picture in my mind when I think of this. And so I have my lovely Ikea bag here today. Cause I love Ikea and I miss it. And I need to take a trip to Jacksonville to get some cool furniture that takes like five hours to put together, but it's worth it. But y'all, A coworker pointed out to me the other day, and this hurt. Y'all, I'm struggling. Y'all can judge me. I don't care. I turned 30 this year. It's freaking me out, y'all. It's freaking me out. I can remember being like Colin and Jeremiah's age, like yesterday, and, you know, living in Pennsylvania with my parents, and them raising me, and now my mom is here helping, you know, the first month with Simon, and it's just weird. This is weirding me out. I'm getting old, y'all. I don't like it. I used to be the youngest one everywhere I went. Now we got like Matt and Casey and Anthony, and they're all young. And I'm like, ah, what the heck? That used to be me. Sorry, yeah, you ain't included in that, Sean. No, you won't. Sorry. And so we, this past weekend, I traded in my car. Which I loved that car for a big boy, big family car, because we have a kid now, and the car seat would barely fit. And I, cr- I may have cried a little bit. I loved that car. And so we got a new townhome and everything. And, and someone at work pointed out, they're like, whoa, you're doing some serious adulting. And I was like, uh-huh. And I was like, I need to do something childish. Like, I, I need it. I need it in my life. God, take me back to Disney. Um, so today, I'm going to do something a little childish. And I got me some blocks because I love blocks, right? Y'all, I remember these blocks were like in the nursery when I was a kid. Y'all, I loved these blocks. I'm just gonna make it super messy for the worship team because I can, and they're gonna have to worship around it later. (laughs) Good luck, (laughs) y'all. And so I picture just this, this, this wall around her and feeling like it's a prison. Right? Yet, here's one of the things that Rahab was able to have. And that's the first point, that's vision in the mess. Right? Her life was a mess. She was a prostitute. It says it very clearly. People talk. Everyone knew who she was. I'm sure that could only hold a certain reputation with your entire family. Right? And so she, she was able to have vision in the mess. And a lot of times, I think in our lives, we start to, to build this wall in our mess, with our mess. Right? This is a mess right now. And I think as we start to build these things up, and as these things happen to us, right? We start to build up a wall where God clearly wants to build his own thing, yet we choose to build. And so we, we struggle with depression. Y'all, I struggled with depression ever since I was a teenager. It's a real thing. Don't dismiss it, right? It's a real thing. So we struggle with depression. We struggle with anxiety. We struggle with self-worth. We get a bad report from the doctor. Right, And we get all these things in our lives, and we start to build this wall where it's so hard. We don't let people in. We don't let God in. Right, And we start to build this wall that was never meant to be built. And all of these things start to pile up, and we can start to feel imprisoned. And it's so hard because I've lived it. It's so hard to have vision in the mess. And the second that we lose the vision of what God has called us to and our purpose, that's when we become imprisoned. That's when the chains truly lock into place. And y'all, I, again, I'm I'm, I'm a worshiper. I love music and I love the words of the songs that we sing and they're so powerful, right? Breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho. I love those words, but it's so easy for us to build that up. Man, I, my wife and I struggled our first year of marriage—not in marriage, not loving each other, not any of that—but we struggled. It was one of the worst years of our lives. In, our, in the first year to two years of our of our marriage, um, her 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 dad passed away tragically. It wasn't an expected thing. It was in a house fire, right? That's not the stuff that they prepare you for in premarital counseling for your first year of marriage. That's not a thing, right? We struggled and. We didn't even know it, but we started to build up these walls of depression, of sadness, of anger, if we're honest. That's not supposed to happen, right? And her dad was, if you knew him, he was the biggest goofball on the planet. He was awesome. I miss that man. He never got to meet Simon, right? That's not fair. Yet it happened, right? We had a, we had a super painful falling out with the church that I grew up in, my home church, and we were when I tell you we were lost, we were lost. And we knew we knew Pennsylvania wasn't for us forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Mm, thank you, God. Side note, I was talking to Shane this morning outside. If it snows here this year, I will lose my ever-loving mind. This will be my first year in my life without snow, y'all. It better be. First year in my life. We move here and it snows. The first year. Are you kidding me? Jen, stop laughing. Right, and we knew we were lost, and we knew we needed something else, and we 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 felt this this call of God on our lives, but we didn't know what it looked like, and so we we packed up and we lived out a dream for a little while. We moved to Florida. I loved it, y'all. I can't even lie, I loved it. We lived right outside of Orlando. Brittany and I both worked for Disney for a little while. Like that, it was awesome. Connected with a a church, uh, which. The church itself wasn't great, but we connected with some incredible people in that church. um, And we felt like, hey, we're good. I I never wanted to be a part of ministry again, ever, right? And, and, And we were happy. We weren't necessarily joyful or fulfilled, but we were happy, right? And so during this entire process, these walls were just continually being built up, and we didn't even realize it, you know? And so in all of that mess, you know, we never did lose sight of vision because we knew what God had called us to. We just took a little break. And in those breaks, man, be careful of those breaks because those breaks can turn from one month to seven months to seven years. And all of a sudden my purpose is gone. But thank God for a phone call one day, even though I really didn't want it. And I ignored it for like two weeks. But Sean called me and said he was starting a church. And I told him I'd pray about it, which is the Christian no. (laughs) No joke. Man, we were living at Disney. Come on. Who leaves that? And luckily, God didn't let me sleep at all that night. And if you know me, I can sleep. God didn't let me sleep at all that night. And here we are. and, And thank God he allowed us to have vision in our mess because now I get to raise my son in a God-fearing, God-loving church with a community that we truly can call family. Yeah. So we have to have vision in the mess. And then point number two that we look at, we need to have trust in the brokenness. Right? Rahab had trust in the brokenness. And we look at the scripture, Joshua 2:8. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. Again, people talk. That's a thing that happens. People talk. And when we live out our purpose... When we let God fight our battles, who's never lost a battle, people talk. People know the enemy is afraid. The enemy is scared. But the enemy builds those walls in your life to keep that contained. right? So when we build these walls, we're literally, literally containing what God has placed in us. And people are talking, and they're afraid. Yeah, we need to take hold of that power that God has given us. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. She knew what was coming. She knew who God was and the power that he had given to the Israelites. She knew that Jericho's time was up. She knew those walls were going to come down and that it would be painful and that the city that she's lived in and and been literally imprisoned in was going to come down. And she had trust in the brokenness. And because she had trust in the brokenness, she knew who God was. She had faith in who God was. She didn't even experience it, y'all. She didn't experience those things that she mentioned. She had just heard and believed because that's the power of our God. And because she heard and she believed, she trusted in the brokenness. And I have never been in an earthquake. Okay, I've been in like one baby, 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 baby earthquake, right? We had an earthquake in Pennsylvania, it wasn't even in Pennsylvania, it was in Virginia, a couple 2011 I think it was, and the memes that came out of that were hilarious, because that thing was tiny, right, there was a little like chair folded over and like, survived, okay, 2011. But I kid you not, I was sitting on our couch upstairs, and it went like this, and I was like, what the heck was that, did someone slam the door downstairs, like it was weird, y'all survived, right, I've never been in a real big earthquake before, but I can only imagine what it must have been like when those walls actually came down. I can't imagine the fear that must have been so real for the people of Jericho. But she trusted in the brokenness, right? And she knew that life was going to come out of that brokenness. And so my mom is here, and, and my brother was got to spend a week here. And it's always funny. You know, Sean says, when your family's around, you always tell the same stories, and you always bring up. Now, my stories are not nearly anything like Sean's stories. My last name is not Olson, Okay. My last name is Hughes. It's a little different for us. Um, my brother and I were laughing about one of the stories. When we were kids, we used to live in this apartment. It was upstairs, and then behind it had this little tiny parking lot um, and a huge, huge building called Denny Electric. It was an electric uh, factory company. And almost every single window in that place was busted up like almost everyone. But we're out there and we're playing with our neighbors, Cassie and Courtney. And we're playing baseball, you know? And you know where this is going. <laughs> my brother's up to bat. <laughs> my brother's up to bat, and he hits it. And, of course, it goes straight for, like, the one window that wasn't broken, right? <laughs> crash. And Courtney and Cassie, man, the second that thing went crash, we were like, our mom's calling us. Hi. They were gone. They were gone, right? And, and so we go inside, and I think, I, if I remember correctly, my, my, yeah. I think my brother and I probably had a conversation like, what do we do? Do we tell mom and dad? They're going to know anyways. I'm telling you, when, when, when your parents are God-fearing people, I swear God talks to them and is like, yo, God rats us out. <laughs> I ain't kidding. Like We're like, you know what? They're going to find out anyways. You better just tell them, right? So my brother tells my dad. And my dad, you know, my parents raised us incredibly well and always taught us to do the right thing. So my dad walks my brother over, and now me as a younger sibling, this was like the best day of my life. I was like, eh, I don't have to do it, you in trouble. I didn't break the window. So he walks him over and, and apologizes to the owner of the building, and the, the owner's like, which window? They all broken, like it's fine. And my dad's like, no, we wanna apologize, we wanna pay for it. and And we learned a lesson through that. We know through that, that brokenness brings the opportunity for growth, brings the opportunity for learning, brings the opportunity for movement. right? And so we trusted in the brokenness. And finally, point number three, there was healing in the rebuilding. Rahab fully believed and had faith in a God that she knew nothing about, but because of the faith of the spies and of what she had heard of this great God, she had faith. And when we let God come in and tear down these walls, depression, anxiety, everything that we struggle with, when we let him tear down those walls, he can start to build something to last that is supposed to be there. Right, the foundation might be great. I was raised in church. I have a foundation of faith It's great. Yet the things that I chose to build on top of that foundation... Really held me back for quite a while. And when I let God come in, when I had vision in the best, I trusted in the brokenness. And y'all, it's not easy. It hurts. (laughs) It hurts. I wish I could say it's easy. I wish I could say that every time something happens or I'm going through a struggle, I I can stand and say, you know what, I I have faith. I know it's gonna happen. I, I do, yet I still struggle. I struggle to believe sometimes. And I've had those conversations with God and say, God, you called me to this. What the heck are you doing? I've had those conversations. Y'all, it's okay to have those conversations. He's a big God. He can handle it. Yet, if I hadn't let him rebuild where the foundation was, those walls would still be so high. And y'all, I, I like walls. Walls are comfortable. Right? This weather this week has been absolutely ridiculous. It's been great for like two days. And then I got cold and I was like, what is this? Right, if I didn't have my walls, I'd be out in the cold, and I am not okay with cold. I like walls; they're comfortable. Yet God has specific things that He wants to build into those walls. Right, He takes that depression and He turns it into hope. He takes that anxiety and He turns it into peace. But we have to let Him do that. Right, we have to open up and let Him come in. Joshua six twenty two through twenty three says. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, "Keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with all of her family." The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. See, Rahab believed. Rahab had faith in God that she didn't know because of the faith of the Israelite people. And what happened was there was healing in the rebuilding. Y'all, she got adopted into the family of God. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Because of her faithfulness, because of her trust, because of her vision, she was able to see what God had planned with the walls that were built up. And she believed she was adopted into the family. Now let's take a moment, let's just bow our heads, close our eyes, not as a religious thing, just to block out those distractions. And, and this message is, is hard for me to preach. It's hard for me to actually say the words because sometimes I don't, I'm completely honest, I don't believe it all the time. Yet I've seen it enough in my life. I've seen it enough in others' lives to know that our God is a good God. He is a faithful God. He has turned my depression into hope. He's turned my anxiety into peace. And I know that he has adopted me into his family. And maybe you're here today and you feel that need to be in the family of God. You feel that need for those walls that have been built up so, so high in your life to come down. You feel that, that weight of the world on your shoulders And you can feel that tugging and knowing that that God is calling you to be a part of the family because he has such an incredible purpose on your life. Rahab is in the stinking lineage of Jesus who saved us all. What an incredible legacy that she left for her family because she believed, because she had faith in the mess. So if you feel like that's you today and you need that relationship with God and it's as easy as just asking. So if that's you today, we're gonna pray here in just a second. But if you feel God tugging your heart that you need to accept him today, then you need to let him come in and break those walls. Would you just raise your hand? I, I don't wanna embarrass you. I wanna pray with you. Thank you. You feel that tug God is calling you today. Thank you. God is calling you because you have purpose. He's giving you vision in the mess. So all of us are gonna pray this together. And I encourage you today, as we pray, think about those walls that you've allowed to be built in your life and what God wants to do with them, what God wants to do through them. Man, all of my friends, we're going to repeat a prayer. Father, God, I give you honor this morning for calling out the walls in my life. Thank you for the vision in the mess and that we can trust through the brokenness for you to bring healing in the rebuilding. God, I give my heart to you. I anticipate the future you have for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.